The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Well, everyone, welcome to the very last chapel for this semester. Uh, The last chapel talk on the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, It's good to finally have made it. Uh, Do you remember when we started, we said that this book is a book all about the leadership of God's people. It's about the search for the king. And so we've started this search for the king by starting with a young boy called Samuel. Samuel was a leader of God's people for a time until God's people asked for a king of their own choosing. And they chose a king and his name was King Saul. King Saul ruled as king for a long time until he was removed. That God said, he's not going to be the one for my people. And God set his heart on somebody else. He set his heart on a young boy called David. And we've come to the very end of this chapter now where we see a very shocking and quite a drastic end. You might think it's a bit of a terrible ending. I don't know about you, but there's some movies that I've seen that I sort of think, that's a terrible ending. And the movie that stands out in my mind is the fourth movie in the series of the Indiana Jones series. The last one, you could probably skip it, don't even worry about watching it. Uh, It's the last one in the series called Indiana Jones and the Glass Uh, The Crystal Skull is what it's called. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Uh, And it's just a terrible movie. It's a terrible ending. It's a terrible ending to a great series, a classic series. What were they thinking in ending the story like that? I was left asking as I walked out of the cinemas after watching that movie. Maybe you've had that same experience where you've gone to a movie before and as you've walked out of the cinemas, you're left scratching your head and thinking, what the heck was that about? Why did they finish the movie like that? Or maybe you've also left the movie cinema, walking out of it going, there's got to be another one. There's got to be another movie to follow up this movie that we've just seen. Well, the book of 1 Samuel ends a little bit like that. We come to the end of the book and it ends in a really quite a shocking way, in a bit that's a little bit surprising. You see, King Saul, the king who is the king of God's people, the king that God's people chose but also the king that God has rejected, he has made a bunch of mistakes. The latest mistake that he makes is in chapter 28, where King Saul goes and he sees a witch called the Witch of Endor. And he goes to see the Witch of Endor so that the Witch of Endor might call up the spirit of dead Samuel so that Samuel could answer a question for Saul. Saul, rather than inquire of the Lord, he inquires of a witch. He makes a terrible decision. And as a result of this, the kingdom of God is finally and fully removed from King Saul's hands. And so you will have seen, if you've read the end of this book uh, in chapter 31, that Saul goes out in a great big battle against that nation, the bad guys called the Philistines. 
And while he's out fighting among them, he watches as his three sons are all killed. He gets wounded himself. And then he drastically and tragically ends up taking his life and King Saul dies. The book ends in such a terrible way, a sad way. I actually think in a bit of a heartbreaking way. Now, on a personal note, as I come to the end of this book, uh, as I see King Saul die, I can't help but feel a little bit sad about the death of Saul. I know that he wasn't the perfect king. I get that he wasn't the right king for God's people. But the thing is, as I see King Saul, I can see that he just tried so hard to be a good king. You see, the thing is, for Saul, I sort of feel like his issue is also my issue, or maybe your issue as well. Sometimes the truth is that I sometimes try to work to impress others, or I try to sometimes line up my standards according to the world's expectations of who I should be. That's what Saul did. Saul was trying to live up to the expectations and the standards of others to try and impress others rather than living up to the expectations of the one who really mattered, rather than live up to that of the Lord and what he would have him to do. It's a tragic moment where we see Saul die and I'm left feeling sad and maybe uh, maybe you are too. But the thing is, as I'm left feeling sad and I'm left scratching my head, uh, sort of thinking, well, maybe I'm a little bit like that too. I can't also help but go, praise the Lord for his grace and for his mercy. You see, God is so compassionate and merciful and kind to me that although I don't consider God in my ways, that God still considers me. And God has loved me when I didn't deserve it. And God has sent Jesus, the Christ, the anointed king over all the world to come and die for me so that I would not have to pay the consequence for my own sin, my own death myself. See, because of Jesus, the kingdom of God will never be taken away from me like it was for King Saul. And so although I feel a little bit sad, and maybe you might feel a bit sad as well, as you see the end of this story wrap up like it does, we can be encouraged to remember that God will never take the kingdom away from us. God will never take the kingdom away from you because he loves you so much that he sent Jesus for you. And this is something that we ought to give thanks to God for every single day. As I come to the end of this story as well, I sort of think about it in the way that you might think about uh, a series that you're watching on Netflix. You come to the last episode of the first season and it sort of brings closure, but at the same time, you're left thinking, there's so many things that have got to happen next. What are the next moments that need to take place? And, and surely they're about to produce another season for us to binge watch on. Well, actually, that sort of happens here in this book of the Bible too. At the end of 1 Samuel, we're left asking a question. We're left asking a question after seeing Saul die, going, who is now going to be the king? Surely they're going to release a new story, the next story, which is going to tell us who that is. Well, the good news is, in the book of 2 Samuel, the one that follows 1 Samuel, we discover that that new king is chosen by God and he's already been anointed as the king over some of God's people. And that's King David. King David is finally, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, anointed as the king of all of Israel, of all of God's people. And the good news is that this is not a king who is chosen by the people, but this is a king who is chosen by God. 
and the Lord Almighty, God himself, is with David. And so as David takes the throne, we should have a change of heart. Here is a king that has come to rule as God would have him rule, not as the rest of the world, not as the people would have him to rule. Today, as we wrap up this series, as we finish up 1 Samuel, I hope that you are helped to consider who is the king of God's people. But obviously, the king of God's people is not just King Saul, obviously. It's not just King David. But the king of God's people is the king who was sent to save us by serving us, by dying on the cross for us. The king of God's people, your king, is King Jesus. I wonder, as you come to the end of this series, if you have considered, even for a moment, if whether or not you should bend the knee in allegiance to King Jesus. Because King Jesus is a king who is worth following. Jesus is the king who has saved you. Jesus is the king who has loved you. Jesus is the king who opens the doors for God's forever kingdom. The kingdom that you can be a part of if only you would trust Jesus. If only you would follow Jesus. The encouragement for you is simple. Follow King Jesus. And in fact, next term, what we're going to do is we're going to zoom in on this king. Uh, next term and in term four as well, we're going to read through the Gospel of Luke. And the Gospel of Luke uncovers this King Jesus for us. And we're going to see what sort of a King Jesus was. And again, you're going to be challenged to think about how you can follow Jesus, how you can bend the knee to King Jesus and how you can live a life through Jesus, who is the King Jesus, who is the Christ. Have a good holiday, everyone. I hope you have a great break, and I look forward to seeing you again soon in chapel in Term 3. Hey, maybe we might even get to meet in the worship centre as normal if the COVID restrictions are lifted. Uh, to finish off, uh, let me pray as we finish this series formally now. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that we've been able to read your word together uh, in House Tutor via these chapel devotions. Uh, please help us to consider Jesus the King, Jesus the Good King, Jesus the King who comes to save us by dying for us on the cross. Thank you that because of Jesus our sins are forgiven so that we can be part of your eternal kingdom. Help us to accept Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at MRKSchroeder or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.